This is Waiting for Review, a show about iOS development and the Apple ecosystem. From the UK, I'm Dave Knott, and joining me from New Zealand is Dave Wood. Just having one of those, like, kind of in awe moments of Amazon, just like how much you can get on Amazon. <laughs> so I've just been browsing, basically, I've been browsing Amazon just before I jumped on the call. <laughs> it's just like you look at all the stuff they've got, and it's like, how? <laughs> how do they do that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, I know it's obviously not all Amazon, is it? It's like you've got third party people that sell using their storefront but even so like so much of it if you read it it says like sold by i don't know joe joe blogs and co but fulfilled through amazon so they've still got the stuff like just so much stuff um so many small businesses can be run like that where they i believe they send the stock to amazon yeah and then amazon just handle it when it comes through i wonder what cut they're taking for that yeah i mean we moan about the 30 percent (laughs) <laughs> from Apple but you're almost like submitting to them in a way aren't you because they could just like completely run your life yeah it's um, the same same sort of deal really they, they they own the store it's kind of phenomenal really just the uh, the amount of business that goes through it I, I wonder how much like all this COVID stuff is gonna impact it because I don't know like, I was just talking to my dad the other week and he was saying he wanted uh, quite a specific item for his um, camper van. But there are a lot of camper van suppliers, stores, etc. near where we live. Yep. And he's kind of spent all morning going round and, oh no, we can't get it, but we can order you on in 14 days. All that sort of stuff, you know. And um, came home, Amazon Prime, next day, done. And he's like, why, right. did, I, why did I bother? Like going round all morning, just to be <laughs> given, given the cold shoulder more or less. But you can see it from both sides, can't you? Because like the poor camper van shop, like a little independent place, like they can't stock everything, can they? No, and that's that's the thing, is like Amazon have that depth to be able to just have something tucked out of the way or whatever. Um, or even just having the 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 seller that happens to have it on the books who will then fulfil it. Just it, it, the odds stack in, in Amazon's favour, I guess, in that way. Yeah. Or even just like um, looking at building this PC in the coming maybe couple of months, three months. Um, I, I mean, it's been ages since I've kind of dipped my toe back into the PC building world. But back in the day, I would always go to like the eBuyers and uh, Scan.co.uk. I used to use those, um, those quite a lot. So I just went back to those places because I was like, well, I don't know where else to go. Like it's been like a decade or more <laughs> since I last did this. Yep. I was like, oh yeah, Amazon. And I instantly thought, like, oh, yeah, but that would be like, I don't know, some random computer company, you know, out of someone's basement somewhere that's selling on Amazon. I was like, I don't really want to buy a motherboard from something somewhere like that in case it goes wrong. And then you've got a big fight trying yeah. to return it. Um, no, nope. it says sold and fulfilled from Amazon. I was like, wow, <laughs> I could buy the whole damn computer from Amazon. <laughs> it's kind of funny because we don't have Amazon here in the same way in New Zealand. So a lot of this is like, I, I remember having Amazon in the UK, but the experience, if I was to order through Amazon from here, is is quite vastly different. Um, they don't have a, a an onshore presence in New Zealand. So you're going to get stung for taxes at the border? Yeah, potentially. It all, all sort of seems to like, if you order from Amazon, it either comes shipped from the States or it's shipped from um, Australia 
Uh, so it's, it's got to do a zigzag route to sort of get here. So they're in Australia, but not New Zealand. That's right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So we don't have things like um, Amazon Prime where you can get it the next day or whatever. That's oh, it's just so not good. a thing. It's so yeah. so good. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, like just you can order something almost depending on the item, and obviously now it's a bit different. But I order something at like half ten at night, five to eleven, something like that. Yeah. And I think it was like ten past eleven the next day, posties at the door, like, oh hey, got this package for you. It's like that is just that's that's crazy. Yeah. That's almost more convenient than going to the shop because I always used to think that you know, like you're gonna pay ten pounds over the odds or whatever, buying it from, you know, the the brick and mortar stores, if they've even got it. <laughs> um, you know, the specific item you want. But you can jump in the car, you can go and get it, and then you've kind of fulfilled that impulse. Yep. Um, but it's almost like at that time of night anyway, the shops are shut so you can't go and it's like you just wake up and it's almost like a couple of hours you've been awake and then there it is. It's incredible. Absolutely incredible. I mean, I guess they're just on a mission where they want to sell you everything. Yeah. Um, I mean, the fact yeah. you can buy a whole computer, like every, every part I can get from them and at a price that is better than basically every other place I would normally go to. And in fact, you quite often see Amazon kind of leading the way um, like this certain graphics card I'm looking at and Amazon set set a new price on it and then uh, guess what <laughs> everywhere else is like set into exactly that price again so I'm probably going to get the computer from Amazon I guess because again like returns some of the computery places that I used to deal with I had a motherboard go wrong years ago and I had a bit of a fight to get that sent back because I kind of phoned up and I was like hey I've just bought all this stuff to build a computer with and I think the motherboard's faulty and it's like oh yeah what makes you think that? Kind of like, you know, we, we, know, we know about computers, but you're obviously just some punk that's ordered some stuff. Um, <laughs> it's like, what means of diagnostics have you done then? They're quite aggressive on the phone, I felt. Right, okay. That's not and a good experience at all. No, and um, it, it took ages. Like, they're like, oh, we'll send a, send a van to you for it to be picked up, and then we'll have to test it at our end to make sure that it is actually faulty and, you know, you're not wrong or whatever. And yeah. It's like, okay. So it's like nearly a week turnaround. Whereas Amazon, I've never known them to query anything that you send back. Nothing whatsoever. No. It's not worth their time. I think is more the the, the situation more than anything else. Um, financially, the sheer volume and scale that they're working at, it's not worth their time to put every single return through that sort of a, a hassle and process. Yeah, which is great for the consumer, isn't it? Because like, if I get a motherboard that I think maybe is at fault, but I don't know, it could be the processor as well, but I, I don't know because I haven't got another processor of that type to pop in the board. Just like send it back. <laughs> it doesn't matter, does it? At yeah. that point. So I think that's probably the plan. Um, new graphics cards, apparently from NVIDIA, are coming September the 17th. So wait to see on that. Right, so you are scoping things out to build this this new gaming PC. Yeah, um, I'm using PCPartPicker.com, uh, which is an amazing website. Again, didn't know that existed until I started digging into this. <laughs> um, so yeah, you can kind of put in all the parts you want. It tells you if it's compatible. Uh, it tells you the estimated wattage that it's going to use. Um, and then it goes across like various stores and looks for the best price. Or, or you can just say... I'm only interested in buying from Amazon or whoever, and it will give you just the prices from that seller. So yep. it's quite handy. 
So I've, uh, again, it's like one of these, like I'm having this like enlightened kind of moment where I'm like, huh, RAM is really cheap. <laughs> it's like, remember with this MacBook, the 16 inch, like the agony I yeah. went through, like, do I go 16 or 32? Because if I went to 32, there's another 400 pounds nearly. Uh, Apple's prices, yeah. And it's yeah. not like 32 gig of RAM is 400 pounds. It's like, no, it's 400 pounds on top of what they're already stinging you for the 16, but you can't really know what that is because it's just absorbed in like the ticket yeah. price. But I'm betting it's probably a good two or 300 <laughs> just for the 16. <laughs> so it's like probably good six or 700 pounds just on RAM in this thing. Whereas 16 gig of RAM I'm looking at now, uh, Corsair stuff that's got heatsink on it that makes it look like some kind of stealth bomber and it's hideous, but I do kind of like it at the same time. <laughs> um, <laughs> oh, that describes a lot of PC gaming stuff for me. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's definitely a guilty pleasure. The more I've looked at it, I'm like, yeah, I, I kind of want to make this the most hideous thing I can possibly make <laughs> just for the fun. Um, all of the LED lights. All, all of it, yeah. Um, but £64 for 16 gig. Okay, yeah, that's that's quite a difference so if i go 32 i'm still inside of 130 now that's without the leds on top if i go for the leds on top it becomes 80 for 16 yeah (laughs) worth it (laughs) (laughs) but i'm um i'm remembering when i put the uh the ram in my mac mini the other month actually if i think about what the uh prices were for the 32 gig similar prices because, yeah, RAM is relatively cheap. Um, and that was uh, the, the benefit of having an Apple machine that you can actually replace the RAM on yourself. Yeah, it was a big deal uh, then bringing that back on the Mac Mini, I thought. Yeah, yeah, it really helps, really helps it being a, a cost-effective uh, machine. That's the whole thing. It's kind of like, I'm just realising that all of this stuff is really cost-effective. <laughs> In comparison, like, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm not... Uh, what's the quote I've got here from PC Part Picker? £807 gets you a fairly well-stacked out gaming PC. Now, that doesn't include a hard disk because I'm going to reuse an old 500 gig SSD that I've got here um, paired with with a 3 terabyte spinning disk. So I'll put the OS and a couple of favourites on the SSD, favourite games, and then just chuck everything else on the spinning disk. And in time, I'll probably go for a a bigger, better SSD, but to get me started. Yeah, that's just like incredible value. That's almost what I paid just for the RAM <laughs> when you think about it in the, in the MacBook <laughs> but I don't I don't begrudge it in, in, in the context of Apple I've been kind of like no. stewing on this a little bit over the last couple of weeks three weeks with the whole like as you explore more into this it's like wow look how much power I can get for so little money or relatively little yeah. money but that's in the context of a, a big box that everything's like a big mix of brands nothing really fits together cohesively it all works but it's you know bits just kind of stuffed together and it it is what it is i think once you get into laptops at least i think apple still makes sense yes because i think of a laptop more as an appliance that's just like sealed and it just is and that comes with its own set of premiums just for a standard like windows laptop but then take it to apple's levels where they're putting in OLED screens in the keyboards, their massive touchpads that are just the best in the industry ever. The Touch ID, the T2 chip, the incredible screens, the aluminium chassis that they mill out of a piece it's of aluminium. It's a whole different experience. Yeah, I mean, you, you, 
you could look at it and be like, well, why are MacBooks £2,000 or more if you add stuff to them when you can get this huge tower that could beat it in a benchmark for inside of a 1000 But it's like they're not the same thing. Um, no. Initially, I came down on that side. That's kind of why I was like, oh, I need to sell the MacBook and kind of got a bit grumpy at it and kind of felt I'd sunk all this money into a product that was now holding me back from other stuff. Yep. Um, it's not really that way, is it? It's not really that way at all. What it enables. Yeah. No. I, I mean, like, the, the one thing that I miss with um, with MacBooks is that ability to update the RAM. That is about the only thing that I can gripe at in terms of, of how configurable they're not. Yeah. Um, I don't even really mind not being able to upgrade the SSD. It's the RAM that's really the killer for me. Just because that, that was my experience you know, prior to them gluing the RAM down and, and everything else and making a sealed unit in that respect. You could get a machine with less RAM than, than you wanted. Mm-hmm. Um, live like that for a little while, you know, depending on budget, and then bung some more RAM in later on. And, you know, voila, you've got um, a nippier machine with a bit more headroom. Um, and I did the same with SSDs, actually, as well. I put... put um, did a couple of hard drive replacements and put SSDs into to old machines. So that having that was cool at the time, but I missed the RAM. The RAM is the big deal for me. I suppose when I think back, actually, both my original white MacBook and, yeah, the old 2010 MacBook Pro that's still going, um, I upgraded the RAM on both of those and I put an SSD into the... Uh, into the 2010 MacBook Pro, which is the SSD yeah. I'm just going to pop in this gaming machine, actually. So uh, <laughs> that laptop will finally be retired. I mean, I guess I could put the original spinning disc, hard disc back in it, but I'm just not going to bother. I'll just stick it in the drawer and call it a day with that one, I think. Yeah, I, I hence I felt that kind of agony of like 16 or 32 with, uh, with this one because I knew that I just couldn't. Once it was done, it's done, you know? Yeah. Um, Still not entirely sure it was money well spent for the RAM. Um, the rest I of the machine. I think in another, if you're running it in another two or three years' time, I think you'll be kind of appreciative that it's got that headroom on it then. I'm hoping so, yeah. Difficult to say, isn't it? I mean, it's kind of you know, common wisdom in the PC space is like, well, if you're just gaming, 16 gig is, is fine. Like, nothing really needs more than 16 gig. Except yep. for Microsoft's new flight simulator that's coming out in 16 days from now, which I'm very excited yep. about. That could do with 32. So that's kind of like the gaming space creeping into 32. So like you say, it wouldn't surprise me if that then starts becoming the case on just like the Mac general use productivity apps kind of side as well. Um, certainly for video editing and running VMs, it's like worth it, yep. I, I would say. But I just don't know whether it's that worth it at the minute. I think if you were to put two the two side by side and like did a blind test to me, I'd be like, oh, I, I, I don't know. I can't tell. No, I'd say, like you say, it's one of those where hopefully in time it will pay off. Um, if I keep the machine long enough, which I suspect I will, I'll probably just... Yep. I imagine I'll get four or five years out of it at least. I mean, oh. and then we're going to be in, what with the whole arm thing going on, we're going to be in a whole different space entirely, I would imagine, by then. I think so, yes. You'll be wanting to jump off of Apple Intel stuff, I would imagine. It's kind of funny. I look at my Mac Mini and I have the eyes now of like, yeah, this is the last Intel machine that I'm going to buy. You know, certainly while things are as they are. 
and, and like my next Mac is going to be an ARM machine and that's that mental shift took all of like five seconds of them announcing Apple Silicon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I, like I say, I, I even look at this not even a year old 16 inch that you know I, I spent so long waiting for and saving for, and I'm like, Ugh, you got an Intel chip in you, <laughs> 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 which is ridiculous because there's you know it's so powerful. Like they might, I, I know yeah. we kind of sort of collectively kind of poke fun at intel now because they couldn't get to 10 nanometers and what they kind of have now for some of their chips but did you yep. see this week they've announced they've delayed their seven nanometer stuff preemptively no i did not so i think they've said that that's going to be like another that's going to like tick into the next year so probably by the time we get to there it'll be oh it's going to be late again and again and again so it's like apple really did the right thing like with their timing yeah, they did. and their strategy and, and everything it's uh yeah, it's a bad time to be at Intel, I would have thought, with all of that going on. Yeah, strange strange times, a lot of shifting, I think, is, is really the uh, the score. Yeah, um, and then you've got AMD on the other side of it that are just doing so, so well with x86. Um, I think Intel even said that they may look at um, third-party foundries to actually make the chips. Wow. Yeah, so I mean, I don't know who would do it, like, because TSMC are probably quite busy as it is with all of Apple stuff and all of AMD stuff. I think they're also going to get the second round of NVIDIA's new cards because I think Samsung are going to do the first round that are probably going to come out in a m- month or so. Um, but that'll be on an 8 nanometer process, whereas they'll do like a maybe like a bit of a bump in the following year and that'll jump onto TSMC's 7 nanometer process. Right. So I guess Intel are thinking... You know, we designed the Intel chip, but can we just pop it onto? And I say this not really knowing anything about the finer details, <laughs> but could you, could they design the Intel chip the Intel way and just say, here, TSMC, sort of print it using your seven nanometer stuff? Probably five by that time. I have no idea. I have absolutely zero idea about at that end of tech. It's, uh, yeah, like. Sounds like it could be feasible, but I'm sure there's probably any number of reasons, you know, why not that are just out of uh, out of my scope of knowledge. Yeah, same. <laughs> <laughs> um, but in any case, the the uh, ARM revolution sort of feels like it's just around the corner in terms of the Mac. And then I, I just wonder, I really wonder whether it's going to have some sort of other knock-on effect through the rest of computing at all, you know, whether this... Because because there's um, there's been things in the news recently about Nvidia um, potentially eyeballing to buy the the arm company in the UK. Yep. And I look at that and I go, well, okay, if they did that, what does that mean for for PCs for gaming? Does that mean we end up with a you know a, a integrated system on chip that is comes complete with your GPU? Um, does it mean some some other sort of change that could happen that you know takes x86 and intel out so that put us in a space where uh where pc gaming could go through a similar sort of shift or pc use rather yeah um because really what type of machines do we get at that point yeah it's interesting because really apple are at quite an advantage at the moment in the sense that if you want to virtualize x86 well good news you can because their Macs run on x86, or you can even boot natively into other x86 OSs, and this is kind of a bit of a step back, isn't it? 
in that sense, go into ARM or Apple Silicon, I should say. So it's almost like they're going to be like sort of campaigning to, for like for that for exactly what you describe, like a wider industry push towards ARM. I wouldn't necessarily say it's brilliant news that Nvidia are looking at buying them for Apple. Yeah, I don't know how that plays out either. I mean, they've got a what have they got? Their license is a, a something license. I forget the exact name, but basically they um, just pay a license and then they can go off and design their own thing. But Apple and Nvidia haven't exactly got a very good history, have they? Recently, no. So they're fine. Play out quite weird. (laughs) They're fine until like the new version of ARM comes out, and then it's like, oh yeah, about your ARM contract, Apple. If you want to have the new one, (laughs) we need to talk, which could be could be weird. Yeah, I'm surprised Apple don't buy it. I'm really unsure as to whether they they will or not. Um, Sounds like they're not going to. No, it it sounds like Nvidia are further down the line, and Apple just didn't really even pick it up, um, which is odd. But yeah, it's it's just it's interesting times. I think like in the next sort of couple of years or so, we're going to see a bit of history in terms of the way the chips are are coming into the Mac, and then what the knock-on effect is across the rest of the industry as well, if there is any, you know, or whether we see complete divergence and PC remains x86 and in its own path. Um, Macs are just they've had this this window where um, you know everything was on Intel. Um, suddenly becomes a bit of history and we're off into the ARM world. That's It's going to be really, really cool to sort of see it play out. Yeah, it feels right that they should be doing their own thing because I think I've said to you before, it always bugged me when Apple would say, and our new MacBook Pro is four times faster. And, like, it's, and yes, it is, but it's yeah. not really their innovation, is it? And no, it's just of, what's come down the line from Intel. Yeah, it's like we we just bought this part that was four times faster. It's like, yep. well, okay, yeah, y- your MacBook is four times <laughs> faster, but like, you don't really need to go on about it like that, do you? <laughs> it's, it's not really your achievement. You've just bought a part that's four. I, like, I could put that in my new PC and be like, my new PC is four times faster, thanks to... Um, <laughs> well, it should be. <laughs> yeah. Um, but it's like they they really are innovating here. So anything we see from this arm transition and i suspect it's going to be staggering what we see like even just in the context of the phones when it goes from like a11 to a12 to a13 each year it's like wow these chips are amazing just in the context of a phone and you know i imagine the a14 forget the max just a14 ipad iphone gonna be an amazing chip and put it in a mac strap a fan to it make a slightly mac flavored version of it to push it even further maybe I mean, it could be embarrassing. Even for this 16-inch MacBook Pro with like an i9 in it, it could get a real run for its money from just like a base-level 13-inch MacBook Pro. I mean, that's kind of what I'm hearing they're going to launch is a 13-inch MacBook Pro. It feels like they've left the space for it, doesn't it? Yeah, but then this week I heard that they're talking about, I mean, it's rumoured that there's going to be a the, the 12-inch MacBook coming back with a new butterfly keyboard, I heard as well. I mean, I mean, I mean that gave me the heebie-jeebies when I heard that. It's <laughs> <laughs> like, so maybe do that, but use the keyboard from the 16-inch MacBook. That would be a good yeah, idea if you did that. Let's just stay as we are. It's, it's been nice to be back on good keyboards again. Exactly. The one that works, let's use that yeah. one. <laughs> we don't need another... <laughs> um, no. But that could be like the fanless Mac that is actually pretty powerful. It could. It could. I mean, not for sustained loads. I mean, we still... I, 
it's easy to think that these ARM CPUs are like some silver bullet, like it's just going to change everything and you're going to get this machine that is just infinitely powerful because it's ARM. Yeah, that's not quite how it works. Not quite, is it? You know, try and render a 4K video out on a fanless MacBook with an ARM chip in it. I mean, I don't doubt that it will whiz around Final Cut in the editing phase nicely. Yeah. But, you know, hit the export button and (laughs) leave it for however long it needs to take i imagine that laptop's gonna get pretty hot and throttle itself yeah i would I guess mean, the thing you want to see at that point the thing i would want to know is this is the type of activity i can use it when it's on a battery and then if i plug it in i can expect to see this sort of other performance kick in you know mm-hmm. I, that's that's kind of the experience i'm thinking could happen uh, it depends on what the um, the venting is on the machine and that sort of stuff as well to, to get rid of heat. Um, but, yeah, it sort of feels like, well, like you say, it's going to be fine just, just going around the UI and doing normal sort of stuff like that. But when you hit something like rendering where it's particularly um, intensive on the chip, then it's going to throttle. And I kind of feel like, well, if, if I plug it in, can it not throttle? Can it just go as fast as it wants to go? Well, when I say throttle, I mean that the heat will cause it to throttle, even though it's yeah. an ARM chip. And so that's, pl- that's the thing I'm wondering not. about. Yeah, and I'm wondering about whether we could have, okay, that's when the fans kick in or whatever, you know, and we get that bit of extra headroom back. Yeah, so um, that's where the 13-inch MacBook Pro with ARM that's rumoured looks interesting to me, because that's the one that's going to have a fan in it, almost guaranteed. I, I yep. would say just sitting here now, whereas the 12 inch, I could see them doing the whole fanless thing again, like they did with the Intel Core M yeah. chips, whatever they were, that were dreadful. And then that becomes a hard constraint. That becomes a, this this machine is limited because it's going to, you know, burn itself down if you try and do anything else with it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it could also go a lot further before it hits that point than the Intel ones ever could. And it could be a much more capable machine on the whole. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean that's that that would be a very appealing machine to me in the future. I think if my sort of computing yeah. needs st- sort of remain on the kind of course that they're on, like yeah, like a twelve-inch ARM-based MacBook. I mean, I always had a soft spot for that twelve-inch MacBook, even when it had the hideous Intel chips in it. But blimey, put an ARM chip in that, and yeah, that's that's a nice machine right there. A really nice yeah. machine to travel with and just to just to have on the sofa because like the 16 inch is fantastic but on the sofa it's still a bit unwieldy <laughs> it's a beast <laughs> it's pretty big and like if you're going to do serious work on it you've got to probably want to have it plugged in and, and you've got to drag the charger downstairs things like that but uh yeah like a nice little 12 inch MacBook. that that i think it's almost like that's the reason i'm just thinking of how they could present it that could be, they could sort of sell that map because this is the reason we did this because yeah. it enables this type of product that we could never do to this level before. Um, it would really play to all the strengths that they've got with the chips, especially if it came with like a fifteen-hour battery life or something like that, or like twenty-four-hour battery life. Because that's going to be the other thing yeah. that I'm been th- I've been kind of thinking about how are they going to do it with battery life or increased battery capacity you've kind of got a choice, haven't you? You can either spend it on processor or, or on whatever, or you can keep it and add it to your battery life total. Yep. So what, it's a bit of a tightrope, isn't it? So what, what are they going to do? 
with these because obviously the batteries in the laptops are far bigger than what they can put in an iPad or an iPhone. So really, it's going to be the biggest battery that an ARM device, an Apple ARM device, has ever seen. So that instantly puts your kind of hours way up. But then how much of that are they going to then spend back into the new A14M or whatever they're going to call it? Part of me thinks that they're just going to maybe stick around where they are with the iPad, sort of like the 10-ish hour mark. Yeah. Because I think that represents what most people need in a day. That's probably enough. You've almost got to think, if you're on your computer more than 10 hours a day, you should maybe have a little think about why that is. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> maybe spend less time per day on the computer. Um, but nevertheless, if they put up a slide that said like 24-hour battery life, that's that's going to make headlines, isn't it? Yeah. Even just being able to have so many hours um, consistently just playing video would be a, a benchmark that, you know, again, you, you're perhaps bordering into should you really be doing that that often? Yeah. Um, but it would be a very interesting benchmark to see because that's one of the things is like you get this this concept of, of battery life that, you know, is based around not every use of the computer. Like, okay, it can last that long if I don't really do too much with it or if I'm just kind of, you know, doing some web processing or, or some basic web browsing um, but then, you know, you, you sit down to watch Netflix on it or whatever, and that battery life suddenly goes right down. So that we could see another metric like that, where it's, you could leave this on playing video for six hours or whatever it is, and it, it manages absolutely fine. I don't yeah. know whether they'd sell it on that, but it'd be very interesting to see, uh, to see that sort of capability as well. well Google you know, do. Then it, yeah. Yeah, they sell their Chromebooks on that basis. They've got like a Chromebook where you can sort of flip the screen and sort of fold it around so it's at a weird angle. Um, and yeah, that they, their kind of sell is like Chromebook with however many hours battery life. And I think they even show like Netflix is the thing that they're using. Um, right. And they say like, you know, movie night just got longer or something like that. Okay, so that could be a metric that they choose to uh, to sell on or to, or to boost the product within one way or another. Mm. Yeah, I mean, as it stands at the minute, like whenever I read battery life on anything with an Apple MacBook, I just kind of think half it and maybe take some off after that in terms of what I'm actually going to get. Yep. Like this one apparently gets, I don't know, like nine or ten hours, I think, on, on their uh, spec sheet. Yep. Uh, no way I'll get that. <laughs> no way. <laughs> Maybe get like four if I'm lucky. Because you've got the whole like efficiency core thing going on with ARM or the Apple Silicon as well, haven't you? So I wonder yes. that could play quite a big role in giving like those crazy battery life figures for when you're not doing very much, like web browsing, like watching a bit of video, like playing music, which could maybe give everything them- down that it doesn't need. Yeah, so you're just running on those efficiency cores, whereas if you fire up Xcode, then maybe the the performance cores come online and then, then yeah, all bets are off, I suppose, at that point as to what you're actually going to get. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, let me tell you, Xcode um, does a number on the battery on this MacBook. I can, <laughs> can say that much. <laughs> Especially once you get a simulator or two going. And uh, I wanted to ask you, actually, how um, how much sort of Xcode base work have you been doing lately have you been been heading back into it at all it's been minimal i gotta be right. honest with you it's been minimal although as you know i've 
written an app start to finish uh, <laughs> this week or last week, whatever it was. Um, Woo! Which is, well, I mean, yeah, <laughs> it's not really an app. Like, not, not, not really. Um, <laughs> where do Tell I start? me about it. What, what's it do? Uh, it doesn't really do a lot, to be quite honest. It was, I'm looking at, well, we spoke last week about how I'm setting up a, a Twitch streaming setup. And the idea behind what I'm doing is I want to have my sort of gaming PC that just does gaming, does nothing more. Um, and then that pumps out the video over the network to my MacBook over a standard called called NDI. Yep. And then, so the MacBook is the thing that does the video encoding and then pumps that out to Twitch or wherever you're streaming to. The idea is, is that it takes the load off the PC, which means I don't need to build like a crazy fast computer necessarily. I can yep. stay on budget. That got me thinking like, okay, so I've got the video coming in to the MacBook. That's great. Um, what about a webcam? And for one thing at the minute with COVID, webcams are just like, it's a total racket. They're right. going for, you, you either can't get them or they are just so expensive for, for what they are. It's crazy. Uh, yeah, I think there's like a popular Logitech one. I can't remember the model number, but they are just going for so much money and it's ridiculous. So it kind of got me thinking, well, I've kind of got a good camera in my iPhone. I wonder if I could do the same again with NDI in that I find an app that can take my camera and pump that over the network over NDI into the MacBook as well. So the MacBook's got two NDI sources hitting it. It's got the gameplay footage and then it's got yep. my phone sort of acting as a webcam. And you run that all through something like OBS? Yeah, that'll go into OBS, yeah. Um, and then I think you linked me to some kind of NDI webcam app. And I thought, okay, yep. that's cool. Looked at it. Quite a lot of money though. It's like £15. I was like, yes. okay. Um, I started Googling around if you're using OBS on a Mac, you can capture the iPhone's full like screen as a video just by plugging it in with a lightning cable to USB. Oh, that's decent. I don't think you can do that on Windows. I no. think you can, but you have to like start installing other apps and like plugins and this and that, and it kind of you know the house of cards starts to to rise. Um, so it's kind of like okay, this is kind of fortuitous in the sense that I've made the decision to have the Mac be the streaming thing. So I did it and it worked. I was like, oh, cool. And within OBS, I managed to kind of flip it because it takes like a portrait video stream of your phone screen. So whatever you're doing on your screen, it just records it and sends okay. it into OBS. Much like when you yep. do a, within QuickTime, if you want to do like a, a video of like you using, demoing your app or something. Yes, that's the same I, sort I, of deal. I imagine it's leveraging the same technologies if it's like you can only do this on a Mac and that might be why. I suspect so, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, flipped the video around so it's landscape, um, cropped it to get rid of the extra UI that the camera app shows, and I just run the camera app. Okay. And that kind of is a bit of a makeshift webcam because I'm just capturing the live video preview that the camera app shows you. And I've just kind of cropped out the, you know, the shutter button and all that, the little buttons and this and that. Off you go. Off you go, sort of, yeah. But then I've kind of got this annoying 1x, 2x button that's appearing over the video, <laughs> uh, over the camera preview, because obviously to zoom in on, on the iPhone X, switch between lenses, 
And also, yeah. like as I moved around, it would like I'd sometimes get like a little yellow box saying HDR because it decided yeah, it wanted or... to put me into HDR mode. I was like, okay, there's a little bit too much Chrome going on here. And not only that, it bothered me that I could be like streaming for two or three hours, maybe more. I hope not, but maybe more. Um, and just to have my iPhone screen on that camera app constantly, you could start getting some burning issues with the iPhone 10 being OLED. Yeah. Because, um, you know, you're going to have the, there's like bits of text on that camera app UI that are just going to be there constantly, just burning a hole into my screen almost. So there's two issues, the image burn and there was the kind of extra Chrome on the UI that I wasn't particularly fond of. Um, so I started like looking around on the app store for like super simple camera kind of app thing. Because <laughs> all I wanted was the live preview of the camera. That's all I wanted. Yeah. And then it dawned on me that I, I could maybe do it myself. So that's what I did. I took, I've got the, um, got an app that basically just takes the camera and you know just shows you the live preview of you know the viewfinder if you like yeah um but obviously that doesn't, that doesn't fill the whole screen on the iphone that still leaves kind of like borders left and right if you're in landscape yeah so i took a trick out of my plasma tv's playbook and made it just solid gray because the idea is if you watch old 4x3 content like an old movie the television or mine certainly will if the broadcaster broadcasts it with like just black borders left and right of the four by three film um my tv will kind of like overlay gray borders left and right over the black okay so it doesn't burn in as much yeah the idea is is that gray is sort of like 50 percent of like the pixels being used if you imagine black being zero percent white being 100 percent gray is obviously the middle and the idea is is that you put in like an average amount of wear into those pixels that would otherwise be doing nothing um right which is that's how like screen burn works isn't it because if you have a, like a white box on a black background the white box is working harder than the black background so the it's white box is where. gonna it's gonna age the screen where that white box is yeah and it'll appear dimmer than the rest hence you get a burnt look so that's kind of my oled screen burn mitigation i don't don't know how successful <laughs> it will be because keep in mind the actual image that the that the uh, the phone is going to record isn't going to move much either. So, like, if my... I don't know if I've got, like, a shelf in the background. Yeah, that's going to be a constant thing. Um, okay. The other part of me is thinking, do I just green screen it? Because you can get right. that little roll-up green screens quite affordably that I could just put behind my chair. Yeah. And then within OBS, I can put any background on that or just cut myself out and just overlay me over the gameplay. Yeah, and again, the green screen might kind of lend itself to that whole screen burn mitigation. Obviously, then there's me that doesn't really move very much because I'm still going to be in roughly the same space within the camera, but I am going to move somewhat. Yeah, and it may may just be tolerable at that point, you know. It's um, or I don't know how long it would take for you to experience a level of screen burn that would actually be a problem, and that could be another side of it. Yeah, and I think the age of the phone we're coming up to three years now, which is scary um (laughs) generally with plasmas anyway back when i was reading into it the advice was that they're most susceptible to burn when they're new right and once they've kind of worn worn themselves in like the whole screen has naturally dimmed over time because it's aged therefore if a burn were to take place it's kind of the 
the levels at which it's taking place is less because the whole screen is dimmer to start with, if that makes sense. Yeah. It'd be less noticeable because it's kind of like dim on dim as opposed to dim on bright. <laughs> Painting a very bad word picture here, but I think I'm vaguely getting my point across. Yeah. <laughs> my point is my, my, my iPhone screen is now older, so it should be hopefully less susceptible to burn as well. But zooming all the way out from this this detail, you've got an app that lets you just show the camera. Yeah. That mitigates some of the, the potential for screen burn by having the grey borders where there's where it would be black otherwise. And you're routing this over lightning to USB straight into the Mac. So you're yeah. getting quite a low latency camera feed. Yeah. That's pretty cool. It's not bad, is it? Yeah. I don't think I can sell it. Like, not really. <laughs> Especially as, like, I basically took the whole app from a tutorial because I was, it was one of those things where I was like, oh, like, how do I do it? Like, obviously I know how yeah. to. But, like, what API do I need for the camera? Because um, I've never done any camera work before. So, basically the whole thing is just me following a tutorial and just cutting out all the stuff that, the extra stuff they wanted to do, like having a photo picker built into it and yeah. stuff like that. Because all the tutorials so are like, let's recreate the photo, the camera app. Yeah. Um, whereas I was like, no, I, I just literally want the bit that shows the video and I'll, I'll take it from there, thanks. And by take it from there, I mean stop. So I don't really <laughs> think it's... A, <laughs> I don't really think it's a saleable product or anything like that. Um, but it works for me. Which then got me thinking, could actually be quite an expensive app if I have to renew my developer certificate every year to keep it on my phone. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, if that's, if that's the only thing. Because <laughs> yeah. uh, right now I'm thinking, do I want to spend another £80 in February or March, whenever it is? Yeah, it's a whole other, Probably other not. question you're going to have to ask. Probably not at the minute. I mean, like, if I have a need for it, I'll happily buy one again, like, next June if I decide to that I need one. But it's just not something yeah. I'm doing a lot of at the minute. And, yeah, it makes me feel like a massive imposter just being here with you at the minute. But um, that's another thing. But... Nevertheless, I made an app start to finish. <laughs> it took like, only took like 25 minutes, but it, it, it was kind of cool to be kind of like, oh yeah, I have that skill. I could do that. Yeah. It's good and to just solve problems that got way. Got myself out of my little problem that I had and got a fairly good result at the end of it. 